babe. Oh, I need my coffee. Uh, yes. sucking, sucking up the last slurps of real caffeine till I can't anymore. I don't know if that's a problem. I think you can drink coffee with a child. I'll drink coffee, but probably not to the extent that I have. I have an addiction. I sweat. It's a thing. <laughs> I don't sweat. I don't get there. Yes, you do. And you have night sweats. You definitely, you're so PETA. I sweat, but it's not because of the coffee. If any of you know what Ayurveda is, Connor likes to call himself PETA instead of Pitta. PETA. He's like a the pita. bread. He's a piece of bread. Dip me in hummus and put me in your mouth, bitch. Let's dip, go. Dip me in that good sauce. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I roll, dude. I'm hot on the inside. Wow. So what's up? What are we oh, doing today? We're talking about online dating. Online dating. I'm not very good at it. You are not. People don't like me either. Uh, that's not true. Everyone keeps ghosting me. My feelings are hurt, Frank. No, no one's ghosting you. You don't <sighs> understand how the world of online dating well, works. You used to be a dating coach back when you liked personal development and you were very woke. And now I don't know what I'm you not do. Wo- but- I never was woke. Stop. <laughs> I was only woke. I was woke like years ago and woke meant something totally different. Yeah. So what? I'm just curious. Since you're an aficionado and I'm a wannabe rookie situation. What is the deal with online dating? What is it that I don't get? Well, Kelly, you're a little spoiled. That's the problem. You haven't really had a situation where it's like, go on bad dates or lots of bad dates. And you're like, well, just trying to figure it out and meeting people and doing the thing. And it's like a whole, you know, song and dance. Mm-hmm. You just never had to do that because you dated people you knew. Yes. And that's not... You know, that's not necessarily the way that most people have to live their experience. Mm-hmm. And people like just stop talking to you for no reason. It's very impersonal, but it's the world we live in now. We live in, we live in a very impersonal world now. I know. It's sad. Eh, it's like whatever. they forget there's someone else on the screen who has feelings. They don't realize these girls well, don't you, realize you, that I'm like semi crying. It's gamified dating. It's like gamified life. <sighs> it doesn't, it's not that you aren't a real person. That's the thing. You're not. Right. It doesn't you meet somebody. You're not like a real person. And you could think about it that way, but then everybody who rejects you would now upset you because you assume that they don't like you for some reason or whatever. And it's just like, it's just a lot of times it's just, it's just a game to people. They just want to get matches or do whatever, especially if they're swiping on couples. It's like, oh, I wonder if they would match with me. And then that's it. They just need that like approval. Yeah. And it's weird. And since we got on Tinder, it's like kind of a joke. That app is way different than Bumble. Yeah, I've never, Bumble. I haven't even seen it. You're Bumble, the one doing it. Bumble's very basic. Tinder is much younger and much more like, it's much more gamified. It's like a slot machine. Oh. So it's just like dopamine you the fuck out. Do you get like, like points for how many matches you get or something? No, you don't. But it's just like you can tell it's they definitely like up leveled the gamification of it, which mm. I think is not helpful. And I think Bumble, I respect Bumble for not really doing that. They do a little bit of that. Like you definitely like get the thing. Where Super it's like, swipe. It's a match, you know, yeah. or whatever. And it's like, it's, but, but Tinder's is like way more aggressive with like the, the like reward centers of your brain. Which is interesting, but that's what it is. It's like, it's a little, it's a little slot machine of fake human connection. It's, you just got to think of it that way. Now, when you set up dates with people and they like bail, that sucks. Cause that's like, we got full on stood the fuck up. Yeah. That was annoying. Like but, she was still hours. Not, but she wanted to hook up. She didn't you, That's what you, you don't also don't understand that part where it's like, you got to be able to tell the difference between somebody who wants to like hang out and somebody that wants to like. Yeah, because she booty called us at 11 p.m. the next night. Yeah. And I was like, excuse the fuck out of me. Fuck yeah, you. and Kelly was all offended. And I'm like, that's just how. I'm all down to- for a booty call, but not like that. Not after you were Wait, so you- rude and so inconsiderate, inconsiderate yeah. the night before. But it's like you can't, you just can't, you don't, 
you gotta have proper expectations with this stuff. I know. And yeah, this is one of the things we talk about a lot in coaching stuff and like having a good bio and doing whatever, but it's just, you just gotta disconnect because they're not real people till you meet them, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I know you did a lot of online dating before we met and it's really cause you're so passionate about like um, human psychology and understanding people and why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. And it's been so much of your background and how you've learned in personal development. So what were you learning when you were doing online dating back then when you were actually single and like getting to know people and just going on a bunch of random dates? Well, my whole purpose, but I mean, I dated on, I did like, I remember the first time I got on Tinder. I was lived, it was when I lived in Dallas. Um, how somebody, old were you? Uh, 2000, was that? like 2012, 13. So I was probably like 24, 25. Yeah, I had Dutch, so I was like 25. Mm. Um, and someone showed me like Tinder, and I was like, what the fuck is Tinder? It was these girls who lived in my apartment that would like go out and smoke ciggies in the back, and I would let Dutch go run around in the little courtyard. Um, and they were like, Tinder? I'm like, what the fuck is this? And they showed it to me, and I was like, this is dangerous. Uh, this is like pre-Bumble, because the girl who founded Bumble was dating one of the Tinder guys. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then Good she for her. off and did her own thing. Um, and it was weird, and I don't, I don't even know if I met many people on there. I had the longest dry spell of my life in Dallas. I did not fit in that place. The girls there did not like me. It attracts a very certain type of person in that town. And it is way different than the crowd that Austin used to attract. Now they're probably more similar because Austin has turned into a LA shithole. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can go in there and jump on the elliptical at Equinox for $700 a month. Um, I take it personally, but <laughs> yeah, it's like, it was a different time. And then I think I met Amanda, my ex, ex through a friend, through like a mutual friend. And that was like, then that happened for a while. And it wasn't until after that, that I started like dating and then had the next girlfriend after that. And then that was like, then after that, I really was like Tinder and Bumble had become like the way to people meet. So I preferred, I had a preference for Bumble. I just liked it more. I thought it was a little bit easier of an app to, to work with. And the girls had to reach out first, which I thought was more appropriate. And like that way, like the, yeah, the first kind of conversation is started by someone else. It just, it, it made a lot of sense versus like, I don't know. Tinder just seems at that point even was like, I said that Tinder was like the Walmart of dating apps and Bumble was like target. Yeah. It's like, they're kind of the same, but like they're subtly different. Yeah. They feel different. Um, so when I got into that, I was my whole kind of purpose with that was let me find out like, um, what, who I, like, what kind of, I just used, I used the high volume dating thing, which is kind of an obnoxious like feature of our reality now to just try and figure out what kind of person I wanted to be with, because I clearly wasn't, had, didn't have that part figured out, you know, cause I dated somebody who was super awesome and blowing it up. And then I dated somebody who sucked really bad. And I did the, hung out in that thing for a long time, way too long. So I was like, I need to figure some of this shit out. So I just started kind of like casually dating a lot for like two years. And just trying to figure out like what I wanted and what I, who I wanted to be with. That was kind of my intention. It wasn't like I'm trying to find my soulmate on fucking Tinder. I didn't, I didn't use it. That was like, what are the strengths? What are the upsides of high volume human interaction? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Like I prefer to meet people in real life, but this is the world we live in. So might as well leverage this high volume dating situation to figure some things out about myself. Um, and it was super fun. So that's kind of how I used it. So I wasn't really on there like, oh, I'm trying to find. This, I'm try, I wasn't trying to make it something it wasn't. I was like, what are the strengths of this situation and how can I leverage them to my own benefit? Um, and it was great. It's so interesting to hear you talk about that because I know a lot of people have done casual dating and 
have just met people online and go and have dinner or whatever. And I, I, like you said, I've just never experienced that until you and I started hanging out with girls, um, that we met online, but hearing you talk about it gives me such anxiety and that's why I never did it. And it's really interesting because every time I dated someone, it was one of my friends or someone that I met through work or something like that. And so I knew about them. Oftentimes they were like, want to be famous, you know, like D-list celebrities. And so it was just, it was easy. And I was always pursued. I never had to do anything. It was just like, these guys were like, oh, like I'm all over you. I'm taking you out. I'm buying you things. We're going on this trip. We're doing this stuff. And yes, I know I sound like a fucking like loser right now, but that was my reality, especially working in television. And that, that was the access that I had to people. And so I never the idea of online dating or even an online presence where people knew my shit, it was so uncomfortable for me. And so now it's just such a different experience. And I think I still have the anxiety about online dating. Obviously I'm in a a marriage and have a committed relationship that no matter what happens, like even when that girl stood us up, we had a fun night out, we met up with our friends and then I came home and I was like, Oh cool. I'm coming home with my husband. You know, it's so different, but I just don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, I, you you would have been on you wouldn't have been on Bumble and that stuff. You would have been on Raya probably. Right, which a guy that I had dated who is a, like a well-known actor was on Raya and told me about that and yeah. he met a lot of people that he dated on Raya. Yeah, that's where you would. But I, I also I got, didn't want to date people on Raya cuz you had to like make a certain amount of money and well, have a certain level you, of status or be like or be like pretty enough. I got accepted to Raya right right when we started dating. Oh, here he goes. You have to be pretty enough. I got accepted. It, no, it's like no, it's like it's like a thing. It's like a very <laughs> like, it's it. like it's like it's like Soho House. Yeah. Right? It's like what do you do? What is your thing? And I was like, you know, if you're like, if you're like an entrepreneur, it's the same shit. It's the same. It's just, it's the same, you know, to know somebody, Mm -hmm. it's the same way as getting accepted into Soho house. It's not like about being rich or famous. It's about being in this like certain style of person who does a certain like ambitions and looks a certain way. It's super fucking douchey. I didn't know what it was. Like I went on a bumble date with somebody who gave me the link and I didn't really understand it that much, but I like got, I learned about it later. Um, and the people she had matched with were really funny. She was like, that was our whole date was talking about people she had matched with on Raya or like gone out with. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys was like, um, oh, what the fuck is his name? It was the guy from the, you know, the night at the Roxbury. Oh, uh, yeah. But not Will Ferrell, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was him. One of the Saturday Night Live guys. It oh, was so God. fun. And I was like, that's just, like, I haven't thought about that guy in forever. Like hilarious. Totally. But you would meet, like you said, like D-list celebrities or like, you know, it's whatever. Um, people that felt like safer being on there because it's like the Soho house of dating apps. And it was, so that, that, that would probably be like more comfortable for you given like the world you were running well, around Well, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. That was, that was the furthest from what I wanted. Right. Like I was like, I'll get on there just for research and just to have fun. Cause or Connor likes a good story. To have a good story. And I might meet like, I don't know, who knows? Like whatever. That'd be hilarious. Maybe Taylor Swift history. Taylor Swift is probably not on Raya, Kelly. <laughs> um, I think she's, she's, I think, I think Raya is for like B to D list celebrities, oh, not okay. like, a-listers who I think she's have a bajillion dollars. Yeah. I think she's fine. She can date kind of whoever she, I think she's, she's literally else. dated whoever she wants. Yeah. Yeah. No. And yeah, I if don't, if you're dating like Jake Gyllenhaal and John Mayer, like you're probably don't need oh Raya. My God, John Mayer on Raya would be so funny. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I know I sound, I probably sound like an asshole and I, I want to acknowledge that. Asshole. It's like, well, I don't want to be on Raya because you have to have certain status and certain income. And I understand that the people I was dating fit that narrative. So I yeah, get it's, that. It's where the people that you wanted to date. Right. Apparently, at that at. time. Yeah. Yes. And it's just so funny to look back at that. Cause that's not 
how I feel now. And obviously I've grown up since I was in my early twenties, I'm 34 now and it's very different, but I don't know. I think that there's, I have a hard time with not, not acknowledging that everyone is a person and has feelings. And I also, cause you're an empath Kelly. I'm such an empath. <laughs> I'm the empath. Connor's the channel. I, <laughs> I also, what I have learned in this experience is how much my rejection wound gets triggered when someone bails on us, when someone talks to us, makes a plan and then just ghosts us when someone, um, you know, stands us up. I, I take it as a personal rejection from another woman. And that has been one of the hardest parts of this whole thing. So I think that's probably why I only dated my friends who I knew loved me already. Maybe they weren't in love with me, but they loved me as a friend. Mm -hmm. And then we dated and then fell in love and whatever. And I didn't feel rejected. And I was always the one that ended relationships. I think I've had one person break up with me in a very roundabout passive way. So it still felt like I was breaking up with him. And then I realized years later that he definitely broke up with me. Um, <laughs> so I think that there's a level of control and not wanting to be rejected. And now yeah. you add the, the female aspect into it. Yeah. It, it fucks with me and it, it like kind of makes me spiral and you couldn't even be bothered. I mean, you're annoyed when that person stood us up. You're like, that's fucked up, but yeah, you, you're just, you don't take it personally. You, cause it's not personal. Right. But okay. But it is. Why would I take something personal? That's not personal. It feels like it is. It's personal because you, you make like it, it personal. Is. That doesn't mean that it is just cause you feel like it is a thing. Doesn't mean it is that thing. So I, I just don't understand what, how you can make a commitment and like, say, uh, I'll be here at this time on this day. See you then. And then just never respond again. I don't get it. If you don't want to hang out, you've never met me. Just say that. Be like, sorry, I changed my mind or Why sorry. You, but, okay. Being with a couple is you too much for me. No one owes you anything. No one owes you an explanation. No one owes you shit. It's like, yeah, you're living in a different reality. Kelly. We're like, Oh yeah, you need to do this thing or whatever. No, no one owes you a goddamn thing. They don't know you. Yeah. Right. I didn't really bail on people, but sometimes I did. And the reason was, and I would be like, I just don't really feel like going out tonight. We made this plan a few days ago. And now I'm fucking tired because it's Thursday. And did you working. tell them that? Sometimes I'd be like, Hey man, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm tired. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I'm not going to be any, any fun. So what's the point, you know, right. go do something fun or don't do anything at all because that's probably going to be more fun than whatever I'm going to be doing with mm -hmm. you. You know, it was when I worked in CrossFit too. So you'd be like, yeah, I'd be working from like five in the morning till like at night, especially when I owned the gym, I'm going to coach all the classes. So, you know, sometimes you're just like, eh, I don't know, or something else comes up and it's like, oh, my friends want to do this. And you're talking about girls who are like 24. Who, what do you expect? You know? Yeah, I guess. Like that's I why women in their thirties so are fucking much more reliable whenever it comes to like do going to do things than right. women that are 25. Like if I, when I was 25, I was unreliable idiot too. So were you. So yeah. like. I also wasn't embarking on this journey. So yeah, exactly. But it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. And also, again, we have to keep in mind that like for a lot of people as a couple on dating apps, we're like a fucking uh, novelty. It's like, I want to see if we can match and talk a little bit. And that's kind of the end of the story. You know, it's like, Oh yeah. And then somebody puts us in a shared photo album. Somewhere. Well, even, Oh, have we come up with a, a, a pseudonym pseudonym for, you know, who, no. Who wants to come on the show, which Yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll see if that happens. Yeah. Um what okay, let's figure out a name for her because I want to talk about her for a second. Um Carlos. <laughs> Connor wants to name everything Carlos. A cat, an alpaca, fucking. I will dog. have an alpaca named Carlos. One thousand percent. He wants to adopt a dog and he's like, ooh, that could be a good Carlos. So I'm like, Jesus Christ. 
Christ. <laughs> or Juan Carlos was the cat. Juan Carlos, yeah. A little bit more. The dignified. cat that we had for five minutes. A little, a little more dignified. <sighs> I oh. named him Atticus. Connor wanted to call him Juan Carlos. And well, then was we gave him back the next day <laughs> to his mom. He's safe. He's living with his mother. Everyone yeah, calm down. He has a nice warm home. He has we'll a beautiful home with another cat frame. It just, uh, yeah, we and the cats got along. Yeah. Um, but Theo would, wanted to hunt the cat all the time and it was not a safe environment and i was on hormones and i wanted to kill everybody so we gave the cat back he's a cute little cat though i'm, I'm excited cute. we get to see him when we go back to texas yeah he um, wasn't cute when he shit all over the walls but he explosive diarrhea on the walls yes um so what we're talking about oh a name um rebecca what is with the r's roxanne and rebecca Whatever. Is that, is that our R's. is that Isn't our that theme? Weird? Maybe we'll just do them all with ours. That's how Connor's. You know, you guys know when you're talking about someone, you have a go-to name for a man or a woman, and like mine is Joe. Well, Connor's is Steve, and Steve is the name of my dad and my brother, and it's so weird. And to even me. in Spanish, it's Esteban. Yeah, it's Esteban, which my brother says his name is Esteban Miguel Cortez or some shit. Like, I don't even know. It's because me and your brother have the same brain sometimes. Sometimes you do, which is deeply uh, disturbing. It is. <sighs> So anyways, Rebecca, crazy. anyways, Rebecca. Yes. Okay. Rebecca met her on Bumble. We met her on Bumble, but she even said, I remember when she came over, she said, I thought you were a fake couple. Like I thought this was fake. It was a fake profile. And I've heard that from so many people, even just in messaging. And they're like, your photos are too nice. You're, you're like, you guys don't seem real, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's part of it too, is like, it's impossible that you could have like a normal, like two normal people who are married that want to embark on this journey. You have to like so look like a crazy ass hippie who lives in the woods, <laughs> who doesn't shower and is super weird and poly in order to fit the well, narrative. It was so funny. I, whenever we had, we met up with, uh, I met up with someone and it didn't like work out, but she was fun. And we were messaging, kind of getting to know each other. And she was like, I think it was actually on the Bumble app. And she was like, I just, I want to like make sure that y'all are real people, which is good to do anyways. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we have like a verified thing, but who knows? I don't, I don't know how you could, I'm sure you can fake that. Yeah. So I like took a selfie video with like, I had my laptop cause I was working and I pulled up, pulled up Google, Google calendars and was like, here's the date. I felt like I was doing a hostage video. Yeah. Like, this is, this is me. Real people. I'm real. <laughs> I am real Frank. Yeah. Uh, not like the Tinder swindler on the, Oh on my gosh. Netflix. Which if you guys haven't watched, definitely watch it's that. It's a really good show. Really um, and in Indiana, but anyways, um, so yeah. It's a weird deal. It's a it's a weird deal, but we're also in this situation where it's like your pool is like very small. So yeah. you got to put yourself. It's like, and we also don't go into the like that community very often and go to these parties and stuff and things like that where people are exploring this because like I don't tend to like like those people very much. It kind of becomes like this over spiritual thing where it's like a self justification via spirituality to do whatever the fuck you want to do anyways. When we're really just like, we just want to do it because we want to do it. I don't need to justify it to anybody. I don't mm -hmm. need to justify it to myself. I don't need to justify any, I don't need to talk about the spiritual development or push or, or the, whatever the, the majet, majet majesty of fucking uh, 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 two women molding into whatever the fu fucking ethers. I don't know what there's kind of crazy shit. People say to justify wanting to get fucking laid. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I just don't, I don't, why don't just be honest about it? It's also not, but the thing is for you too, it's just not about the sex necessarily. Not necessarily. No. Yeah. Like it can be, of course. Yeah. Um, but just like for me, the connection with women and that level of ethereal, you know, bullshit that you like to talk about for me, that is prevalent and important to me for sure. Where you is like the no novelty and curiosity and like, what could happen? Who knows? It's a fun little adventure. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is the thing is, and this is when I was working with people and dating, it's like, are you putting your people, are you putting yourself in the same 
place as the kind of people you want to date, right? And for us to put ourselves into the into an environment that's full of like unicorns, you know, we need to go to a sex party. We need to go to some place where that's like yeah. a thing, or like some meetup or something. It's like I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like yeah. those those communities are are. I mean, this don't suit me that well. And maybe there'd be some if we found the right people or we've talked about going to like a swinger bar just for the experience and something to talk about on the show, which if you want us to go to the swingers club here in uh, Colorado, I don't know where, I think it's in Arvada, but um, let us know. We'll go, we'll go do some investigation. I want to go. I just want to go. I just think there's like a sex dungeon in the bottom. I just want to see that, but I know it's going to be a bunch of like old people. It's a bunch of rich dudes with hot young women. We're old enough. It's a bunch of like middle age. Do you think so? Yeah, I've talked to people who worked there. Oh, interesting. Um, I hung out with one of the managers one time. That's how I found out about it when I was here before I moved here. Mm -hmm. I was here visiting. And yeah, it's like mostly wealthy wealthy middle-aged guys, like attractive wealthy middle-aged guys, which makes me insecure because that's your type, um, with younger women who are like, they'll bring like two or three in. And they're just like, you know, throwing money around, partying. Oh, I'm not into that then. But I want to see it. I still want to go see it. It may not be all of that. I mean, that's, I'm sure that's not all of it, but that's, he said that's like a big part of it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, the it girls. It's like, it's like middle mini Burning Man. It's a Burning Man is too. It's like a rich guy with a yeah. sweet camp that has like 40, you know, naked chicks running around. Yeah. I mean, that's not what Adam and Vanessa do. That's not what Cal and Peyton did. Uh, but that's a lot of Burning Man. Interesting. It's not everybody. Yeah. Not, it's not, that, that's not, our friends are the exception. They're old school burners, but yeah. now it's like a status. Totally. Thing. Yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting because the the girls are the women that we've been with um, who we just like love and adore and have connection with. And it's been fun. They're not unicorns. This is not something they do. They're, they're kind of like me where they're mostly straight. They're curious about what it could be. They've never done it before. Mostly straight. That's hilarious. Not true. It's what? What? They're not mostly straight. Are you crazy? Roxanne was mostly straight. Yeah. And that's what yeah, I'm talking true, about. But like most of them, but are. some of them have been, well, they just don't realize that they're definitely not straight. I'm like, you should, I think you're a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. But I'm seeing the ones that we've had like a good connection with yeah. and that it's been fun. It's they're mostly straight. They're trying this out very much like me. Right. I don't, I don't want to be in a relationship with a woman. I don't want to go down that path. I very much like your penis. I very much like your masculine presence. It's fun for me to be alone with a woman in a very specific circumstance, but for the most part, I want you there. Like that's why I do it. Uh, well, not why I do it, but you know what I mean? And so I think that even if we were around a bunch of women who fit that narrative of I'm the unicorn and this is what I do, I don't know that that's really what we would be looking for anyway. It might be. I mean, we don't know. We've never been in that situation. Yeah. They, like they actually like pursue us. We should have a dating show. <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> Can we have like, I'm good like the this. flavor of love, but on, but for like us trying to find a unicorn. Well, we were trying to get on that, that show about poly people oh, like, that got canceled because of COVID, but. Maybe we need to email her back and be like, y'all ready to she roll? She follows us on Instagram. She like comments on, she commented on our wedding posts and oh, stuff. She's cute. really nice. The casting director or whatever. Um, anyways, I don't know. I just, I think it's, it's really interesting. The people that we've actually clicked with. I feel like they're more like me in terms of their sexuality and their orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? I also, I would love to go to a play party. I just don't know how that would go if like a man approached me or did something. Well, apparently the rules are very stringent. I would go. I just, I just don't. I'm just, again, like. The, would you want to play? The, the orchestrated part of it. Oh, yeah. It's not fun for you. It makes me so uncomfortable. The structure, all these other things. It makes me so. Uncomfortable, uncomfortable or annoyed? Uh, 
I think it's just uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable that it's like there's expectations and these other things. Like I just try and like. But do you have expectations or do other people have expectations? I, I'm just, I don't know. Because our friends that do it have like a different, a whole, they live in a different reality than we do. Correct. So I'm like, am I in stepping into their thing? And it's like, maybe it's a control thing. Cause it's like, I like to have my own situation and do my own. It's like my own little, it's our own little thing. It's like, but we like create this. Do you think that it's because you're walking into something that someone else orchestrated and you want to be the one to orchestrate it? I don't want to orchestrate a play party at all. No, not the play party, but just like the, the experience in general. I've, I have had bad experiences trying to participate in other people's expectations of what non-traditional relationships are. There it is. Right. There it is. That makes sense. Yes. Now that I'm thinking about it and I haven't thought about it that way, but it's like, I don't like being told that I'm not sexual enough or too. I've been told how my sexuality should be my whole fucking life. I went from being sex shame for not being, for being too sexual or like living that experience through religion to going into a completely opposite situation where I was now like shamed for not like wanting my girlfriend to fuck D list celebrities. I would just like, this is not like, I don't, I don't want anybody to tell me what or how I need to fuck or who, how, what I need to be okay with Mm -hmm. or any of this shit. Like I challenge myself. Okay, I'll, I'll decide. And maybe like I'll get to a point where that's like a different thing. But as of now, I'm like, wow, I'm kind of do- actually doing it on my own terms for two years. So like, that's not that long. The whole, mm-hmm. Most of my life, it was like, I went from one to the other and it was just, it was fucking weird. Yeah. You no, know, even in college, it was like that. Like I was still kind of like processing all that, like leaving Christianity situation. And I got called to tease by these girls for like not fucking them. And then they were like, come home with me. And I'm like, yeah, I just really, you know, just I don't really make out or whatever. I just wasn't like down to, like, I wasn't you casually, had, I wasn't casually, uh, I wasn't casually like hooking up with chicks in high school and I had a girlfriend. I didn't even my first year of college, like, these, I, you know, I was like working myself into that. I hadn't had that experience. So it was, you know, it was like, it was a bigger deal to me then. And yeah, so it's just like, it was always something I always, my sexuality always wasn't right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's always some kind of criticism of how I conducted myself. And I just yeah. don't really, I don't really have any interest in that. And maybe that's not, I'm sure that's not the way it is, but that's just like how I perceive it because of the situations I've been in. Right. So I don't know. Like it made me anxious to go to Burning Man when I had a girlfriend that was, you know, that was an option. I'm like, I just, a lot of drugs, a lot of expectations, a lot of whatever. You're also dating an attention whore. So it's like this whole thing. You know, it's, you're it's an just attention a whore. No, oh, I was dating was. an attention whore. Oh, but you're not one. Was, I am okay. in different way, but like I don't like I'm. A, I love attention. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not like I'm not like oh that person is like has status and money, so I need to change into a different person to get their attention. Right. That's different. I just become louder and like I enjoy I enjoy attention as as much from somebody who has nothing to offer me aside from attention. Connor just loves an audience. Yeah, I love an audience. That's a different thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like, you know. I'm not like exchanging my personality for one that is suitable to the environment. Babe, do you feel cured? What? Do you feel cured? Is that the appropriate use of that word? I don't know. It's the way I'm using it today. (laughs) No, I don't. I'm actually, I'm dragging some ass right now. And I think we need to get you some CBD raw caps or something. Probably. Just saying. Maybe. I'm excited about these nightcaps. I'm ready to yes. try those. We just got those in the we mail yesterday. Got them. I was reading those for another ad on my other show. And I was like, man, these looks, I was reading off these stuff, like the ingredient list. Cause we just got them and I had a chance to try them. And I was like, mm-hmm. this stuff looks fucking dope. Yeah. I can't wait to put it in my mouth. I'm probably going to put it in my mouth tonight. 
Yeah, I think the nightcaps are really great. Be- Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think they're really great because um, they talk about helping you stay asleep, um, which yeah. I think is really important. Mm-hmm. So um, they actually are perfectly blended with Zen from Cured. So you mm-hmm. you put the two together, the nightcaps. I hope you get into Zen. some really deep sleep, then I'm going to draw a dick on your face with a Sharpie. I don't know if I've ever slept that deeply in my life. Maybe when I was blacked out in college. That's probably it. You missed your chance. Give your partner nightcaps, then draw dicks on their face with a Sharpie. Literally. That's why Joe created them. I'm pretty yeah, exactly. sure. That's exactly why he did. You should check in with you should, that and see if that's that, happening. Drawing dicks on someone's face shouldn't end in college. It should be the thing that is perpetual. That's why people lose... Uh, in my opinion, that's why people lose uh, fulfillment in their lives because oh, they don't have the opportunity to like really just like is so, there's something fun about like sneaking up on somebody who's blacked out drunk and just drawing stuff on their face. Wow. You know, I wouldn't know. No, you've never yeah. done that before. No, definitely not. Oh, we should definitely do that. Okay. We should go find a hobo that's just like unconscious. On Connor, <laughs> that's a horrible thing to say. Take that back. <laughs> Jesus. What, babe? You can put $5 in his pocket. It'll be worth it. You're it's a, a bad it's person. An, it's, a, it's a marketplace of ideas. <laughs> Anyways. Zen plus nightcaps. No dick drawing without consent, especially on strangers or your wife. You have been warned. Anyways, this stuff's really good, though, guys. This, this, this brand, this company, the people that founded it, they're fantastic people. And yeah, they, would not, they would not draw on a hobo. Correct. They're not that kind of people. That is correct. Me, on the other hand, yeah. Low vibe, Connor. <laughs> so you guys can go ahead and check out the link in our show notes and use the code OKBABE and you'll get 10% off of all cured products um i am dragging ass today you are i can tell i've already cried i feel kind of weird and You're i'm sweating a little bit sweaty you smell weird <laughs> i just showered i do not know th- th- that's the problem if you hadn't showered i'd be like all right well it makes sense but you still smell weird what the fuck you smell like what do i smell like like if you've ever seen you remember on hocus pocus when they made the cauldron full of stuff yeah. you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. what i would you smell like what i would imagine that would smell like you're a really mean person. <laughs> what is up your butt today? I'm fucking with you, baby. You did great. You're doing great. Am I? You're trying to do great. <laughs> the effort for you doing great is present. Well, I think I'm going to take your advice and I'm going to get in the sauna and I'm going to ice bath. Oh my God, I'm going to ice bath. But what I have been drinking all morning is the Organifi red juice. Because that always makes me feel better when I'm not feeling yeah. well. I was putting a lot of like, um, I was putting whiskey in my coffee every morning for a while. And then I switched over to the red juice. And I think it's better for me. Oh, really? Do you? I, think, I feel quite a bit better. You are definitely not putting whiskey in coffee. <laughs> yeah, but I have a mustache. So I feel like I could pull that off if I really wanted to. You could. I think you need 10 more years on you before you. Yeah, once I get some grays in my mustache, I can start putting Jack Daniels in my coffee. <laughs> my God, let's not go down that route. Um, but I love the red juice. I really do mean it when I'm not feeling well, um, or I'm feeling dehydrated. Actually, if, I don't know what it is, but it feels like just an IV of a flush of vitamins into your body. 
Yeah, it's one of those things that just feels healthy when you drink it. It does. Um, I always steal yours, so that's how I know. This is true. I don't think I've actually mixed one myself no, in months. That but is there correct. are And they are in the fridge often, and I do consume them. <laughs> I know, because I'm amazing, and I think ahead, and I'm an incredibly thoughtful person. Yeah, you are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, if you guys haven't tried out the red juice, it's so, so good. Um, it's amazing during a workout. Like I said, if you're not feeling well, it just has a ton of antioxidants and Amazing ingredients, the best of the best for immunity. Beats. All the beets. That's why it's so red. Um, but you guys can go to Organifi.com, use the code OKBABE, and you'll get 20% off. Link is in the show notes, friends. Are. So I also want to tell everyone about a really cool new company that I've partnered with. Um, it's called Herbal Face Food, and their entire line is made of plants. And when I talked to the founder back in December, um, they had reached out and said, you know, we really want you to try this. We think you'd love it. It goes so well with everything you talk about, transparency, integrity, non-toxic, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this sounds way too good to be true. And I think you all are probably full of shit, but I'm going to try it out. I mean, why not? Can't That's hurt. how you felt about me when we first started dating too. Yeah. And here we are on our way to divorce. <laughs> and um <laughs> And so I started trying it. So I've been using it for two plus months now, every single day, multiple times a day. I use their serum as well as the cure, which is amazing for spot treatment. If you have any breakouts, melasma, which I've been dealing with for years, um, it's incredible. And the texture of my skin is better than it has ever been. And it has um, a very interesting smell. Connor is uh uh, not the biggest fan because I mean, it you smells just don't like it's good it. for your face. It does, yeah. It's is like it, is oregano it, kind of. Yeah, like, it smells like oregano oil. If you ever yeah. had oregano, but I, also when you like take oregano, which you need to take oregano oil today, yeah, by I the way. Do that. It's so good for your throat. Um, but it's brutal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's not. So and like I have that. It's like when you smell. Like if I was to smell ayahuasca, I'd be like, no. oh, totally. you know. It's like, but it is what it is. It's like I don't think it's not bad. It's just like that's a thing that's like good for you. Mm-hmm. That is also kind of like triggers a certain response if it's been in your throat because it burns like your body just like it's like oregano oil you know what I mean it's like you know what's up yeah and you can feel it when you put it on there is definitely a burning sensation um and at first I was like whoa this is kind of weird and now I'm used to it because it's been a few months but it truly is just the power of the plants I'm so obsessed with this company I love everything they're creating I'm actually trying one of their um stronger powered, um, new products that they are going to be launching soon. And I can speak to this. It is so good. I get a pimple, I put it on there and it's gone the next day. It's crazy. Um, so my skin has never looked better. My esthetician was like, what the fuck are you doing? So I was telling her all about the power of the plants and all about herbal face food. So I would love for you guys to try this out. You can get 20% off. The link is in the show notes. Use the code Kelly 20. Um, and I have a feeling you're just going to be obsessed with this. I would start with the serum one and the cure. Um, and you can also do the cure soap as well if you want a face wash. Um, but I'm just using the serum two now and the cure every day, multiple times a day. Um, and you can't overdo it again because it's all plant-based. So super non-toxic, so good for you. I highly, highly recommend. Can't wait for you to try. Feed your face. (laughs) I also think it's funny. This is a total tangent, but it's just so interesting. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because we like flip-flopped experiences. I already had a ton of attention. I was already, you know, had people clapping for me and telling me how amazing I am and how hot I am. And I, you know, had access to whoever I wanted anytime. And I did the thing. And now I'm so much not in that, especially now that I don't have my own show. 
Um, and it feels so amazing to step out of the spotlight and not need, not that I don't need attention and validation. I'm a human, let's be real. Um, but to not crave it or need it to find my value and worth the way I did before. And I mean, we've had this conversation multiple times more often in the beginning of our relationship, but watching you really step in to yourself and to get attention and validation for something that you so deeply care about, not, Oh, look at me. I'm so cool. Or look at me. I'm so special. It's like, it's one of the things that attracts me so much to you is the way you've stepped into politics and really speaking out and advocating for people like speaking up for your people, which came up in your ayahuasca mm-hmm. ceremony, you know, like I feel like you've really done that, but you're in this, you're in a time where you're constantly like seeking and getting attention and validation for what you're doing. And it's just so interesting to me that we sort of flip flop experiences. And I, I feel like I'm sort of supporting you and your growth and your trajectory. Yeah. And I get to do that because I've done it and I don't need it. I, I'm good. Like I checked that box and yeah. it feels really good. And it's just, it's just so interesting because you do love an audience and it's so funny when we're around new people. Cause you like get to be you and do your thing. And I don't know, I've been thinking about that a lot lately and it's just, it's, it's entertaining and it's very interesting to kind of yeah. watch that unfold. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. It's fun. I like attention on merits is the best kind of attention. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and it's also, I think too, now that I'm thinking about it, we both got a lot of attention for our bodies and the way we performed with our bodies when oh, you were competing. I had, a, I had a fucking breakdown about that. When? It was really frustrating. It was with my, I need to probably think of a pseudonym for her too, but the last girl I dated before you. And she said something, we were talking, it was like in the part of the breakup process or one of them, I don't know. We broke up, we broke up, only broke up twice, like once and then got back together a few months later and then like once again. Mm-hmm. I remember I like I got there was a there was like three times where I like got mad and like said everything I was actually feeling which I was actually good and she probably needed to hear it but it was like delivered in like a not it had to be delivered in like a very a, Connor way in a very like yeah like very frustrated condescending like but it was also like it as fucked up as it is it was exactly what she needed to hear in like the, exactly the way she could actually hear it mm-hmm. she didn't hear it any other way mm-hmm. you know and um I remember her saying something like we we're on the phone. And she's like, I just have a hard time because like, you're so attractive or I'm so attracted to you, which to me also just makes me feel gross. I'm like, but that was it. That was her just, that was like her, that she was struggling with the whole situation because she was like attracted to me still. Mm. And I was like, are you fucking like, but it was like a very physical thing. It was like a superficial thing. And I'm like, are you fucking serious with this? Is this like the only value I have? And I like really, I was like, is this the only value I have in the world? Am I just like fucking useless? And like, I just happened to have some bone structure that like whatever worked out in some yeah. certain way I grew into my body. Like. It's like, is this, is this like the only, is this this the most valuable thing I have to bring to the world? Cause this is really fucking obnoxious. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, I don't want to act like I was complaining, but it was like, it was just, it was just fuck, man. I was like, dude, really? Like that's, that's the, that's the problem. Not that we have like some kind of emotional connection or we have like a lot of like care for each other. That's what's hard to, in a breakup for me, like you're hot. Okay. Or whatever. Like, that's cool. Like that's not, but that's not really why I dated anybody in the first place. You know, you can be physically attracted to somebody, but it wasn't like the. Like a relationship's not built on that. Mm-hmm. That's a losing game. So for me, that was, like, yeah, like I remember just like, and I called my mom and I was like, is this, is this, I like had a, I was had a fucking breakdown. I was like, dude, is this like all the value I have like in the world? Is this like the most valuable thing I have to bring? And it was super frustrating. And, but I needed to like say it out loud. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, it was it was really annoying. I was like, I don't like I don't like this. This is not how I want to be like recognized as a person. Like it is what it is, you know. Like I work out and like take care of myself and like you know just genetically and tall or whatever. Like I didn't, but I didn't I didn't do anything to do that. Right. Right. It's not an accomplishment. Yeah. You know, I'm not like shredded. You know, I'm not like it's not like I'm like fucking. You know, like it's not like you don't look at me and go like that guy like really is committed to his diet and his fitness. That's not like, so it's like, I just do the bare minimum, right? Like I just kind of like do not what I can perceive as like, just take care of yourself. So it's like, to me, it's not an accomplishment where I like, I really put a lot of work into things and those are accomplishments. I'd rather be recognized for things I work for. I'd rather be recognized for things that I like, feel like I earned than things that were just given to me is what it feels like, you know? Yeah. Cause even when it comes to fitness, I'm like, at certain times, I felt like I had really achieved something there, and it was nice to be recognized for that because it was an outcome of hard work, not an outcome of luck. Right. You know, and being recognized for things that you just like happen to like. If you're born with a trust fund, and people recognize you for having money, it's like you didn't earn that money. Mm-hmm. You're somebody. Your dad did, or your mom did, or your grand grandparents did, whatever the fuck it was. It's like, oh, so you, is that going to be fulfilling to you? Is it fulfilling to be recognized for a thing that you didn't actually fucking do? Right. So that's, that's, you know, and I'm not, I have no delusions about that, you know, and having grown up as like a fat kid, it's like, you feel like you're kind of playing on house chips, like house money. Cause it's like, well, I just, I know what it's like on the other side of the spectrum. That sucks. Right. So one end you get like penalized for something that really isn't your fault, right. As a kid, cause you don't like, you're not really geared to make decisions that are appropriate for your health as a teenager or whatever, or like your genetics just kind of like predisposed you to eating the same food as everybody else eats but like you get fat right because mm-hmm. some kids have a uh, metabolism running on 100 and that just is what it is so you get punished and picked on for a thing that you didn't really choose intentionally when you were too young to really be competent enough to make those decisions and then on the other end of the spectrum you get praised for a thing that you also didn't do so it's like the, it's like how about we uh, we recognize people for like what they've actually done versus what their circumstances led them to yeah I don't know. Yeah, no, I had a very similar experience. I wasn't the fat kid, but I, from a very young age, I mean, I think I've talked about this before. I was being recruited by Stanford when I was in sixth grade for volleyball. It was crazy. I remember exactly where the woman was sitting inside of the arena and a few people pointed her out to me and they were like, that's the Stanford recruiter. And my dream school was Stanford from the time I was five. And I just knew that my height and my physical abilities and not that I was uh, naturally athletically gifted. I worked very fucking hard because I'm not naturally out, athletically gifted. When you gifted. outgrow your frame like that as a yeah. young kid, you're, there's no way to be. When I was in junior high, like same same age, I was on like the A team and I was a starter. But it's just because I was so big. Totally. It wasn't because I was more athletic. The people, like I could 1000% the people that I was in front of more athletic than me i just was i was just big yeah and i, and when I you play just off, offensive line or whatever it's like you it just that makes a huge difference yeah i used to, and i was on mushrooms and i realized i'm like no one would give a fuck who lebron james is if he was 510 exactly it just is what it is or michael jordan same thing yeah it's like if he was 510 no one would care no one would know his name mm-hmm. and you got to think about that right yeah and so i just i had this this idea that how, of how much my body and my performance with my body mattered. And then I got into television where my body mattered so much. I, I would go on these interviews with executives at these big networks and they would literally turn my video on like my reel and they would put me on silent because they just wanted to see me and see how I interacted with people. They didn't care about my voice or what was coming out of my mouth. 
so I just ha- kept having this perpetuated of like your body, your body, your body. It's how you look. It's, you know, all of those things. And it took me, it's taken me and it's still something that I'm unraveling of you're not just your body. You're not just your looks or whatever it is for you. Um, it's, you don't get to, to sit here and just be defined by what someone else decides is your thing. And it's really hard to, and I see this with athletes. You're a, a, an athlete, you play a sport and then you stop playing and you're like, I don't even know what I like to do. I don't even know who I am. I don't yeah. know what, what I like to read or what my interests are because all I've done is spend all day, every day for the last 10, 15, 20 years playing this sport. And it's this whole redefining process of who am I and finding your intrinsic value and worthiness um, outside of those defined boxes that we've been put in. And this could go for literally anything. A mom who her kids leave the house and all of a sudden she's like, well, who the fuck am I? Like we just talked to Peyton and Cal about that. It's like really a struggle when your identity is wrapped up into something. And so I think that getting, getting attention and validation for other types of things that you have earned or work towards or whatever it is that's outside of that can really guide you into a totally different path, which is super uncomfortable, but also it shows you a more holistic picture of who you are and what you have to offer the world. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And it's like, you, like, you don't want to chase validation, right? but like you need to surround yourself with people who recognize the results of your work. Yeah. You know, that's important. I think I agree. Um, so this is totally back to another tangent we were having, but I want to talk about, um, this is back to threesomes. Um, <laughs> sorry, but I, I do want to address this cause it was a nice segue. Yeah. Um, I do think it's really interesting. Um, because you know, I don't know how many questions you get about this other from other than from girls that we are spending time with, but I get a lot of questions about this from my community and my friends of, you know, how do you handle it? What if they're, what if one person's into someone more than the other and how do people not get left out? And, um, you know, that's something that we've navigated for sure. You've gotten thrown out of a th- threesome that you coordinated, which was hysterical. Thrown out. Well, whatever. It was, uh, yeah, it was the right move. Yeah. But something that we've been noticing lately is that a lot of the women that we've been with are more keen to pay attention to me. Uh-huh. Um, and whether that's their sexual orientation, maybe they're more into women than they realize or, they're nervous because they don't want to piss me off. So they don't give you as much attention. Like I, it could be a million things I haven't yeah. asked them, but I just want to talk through that because we've actually been having some really cool discussions around that. And I I'll give my perspective. Um, for me, part of the draw of doing this is because I am extremely turned on watching you with someone else Yeah, and watching someone else be into you and you be into someone else. Like I think it's great. And it's taken me a really long time to get to this point and identify what my triggers are, identify abandonment, not feeling good enough, all of that to get to a point where I'm like, I really enjoy this and I don't have to stop myself because that's scary. And what I've noticed lately is that the people we've been with are giving me so much attention that it sort of not ruins the experience, but it's not really the experience that either of us are looking for because it's just not as fun for me. Well, it's, it's nice to have both, but yeah. it's been heavily weighted in one direction. Heavily weighted. And I think I, I want to say that I'm really proud of you for speaking up for yourself in a really calm, grounded way. And you said something to the effect of multiple times about, I want to find someone who's into me too. Like, I, can we balance this out a little bit? Yeah. Or just like, yeah, because there's also, there's a respect thing too. And you are the like lead in this whole situation and you kind of like have the veto power and stuff. I think we also attract people that are like suit us for where we're at in the moment. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
that was a lot easier at first. Yes. Uh, with Roxanne, like that became kind of a different thing. But I was like, not, it doesn't, it doesn't threaten me in any way. So it doesn't. Right. You no, know, it's not like a problem. Whereas I think if it was the other way around, it would be a problem. Uh, at that same level, yes. you know, which is fine. And I understand that. But at some point it's got to like, you know, it's got to be, it's going it's to have to tip the other way at some point and it's going to be uncomfortable for you. Um, and I understand that. So it's like, I'm not. Maybe though. We don't know. We don't know. But we're in a situation that's probably going to be, that's going to like introduce you to that now potentially. Right. With this new person. Cause it's like CrossFit chick. We, we get along. We talk about like, we're kind of like both. You know, whatever. It's like mm-hmm. we're like kind of friendly now, which is similar to how you and Roxanne were mm-hmm. like early on because y'all like got each other because y'all were similar in certain ways. So it's like we'll see how that goes. You know, no expectations or whatever, but yeah, um, it could be a giant. She's could, also could, never been with women and doesn't yeah, really know where super she lands. Curious about it, and yeah. you know, like had been married and stuff like that. So it's like um, that's the but that's also the kind of people that are more fun, like in their thirties. I've had experience like more curious from a place of like, just like pure curiosity versus like 20 year old, you know, mid twenties, just, I don't know. It's a different hedonism. It's like yes, a different, it's a different much. thing, which both are incredibly valuable. Yeah. But I think a lot of times people that got married young and I see this a lot in these like different alternative relationship communities, they get married in their early twenties and it's like, they're kind of making up for not getting to do that, like 20 mid twenties hedonism, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is important to get that out of your system. And I think it really is a thing and you need, you need, you need it to get old. Yeah. You need that. Like, yeah, I'm kind of over this, you know, I think it's important for you to understand it, you know, be grateful for it and move on with your life. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm curious. I don't think it's not going to be as easy for you as it is for me. Right. Um, and of course it, we will have way different. The rules will be much different in that situation but i'm just curious how it'll go like i'm not gonna you know it's like you and roxanne could just kind of do whatever oh yeah well i mean we have boundaries around you spending time with people and all of that and i'm getting i'm working on getting to a point where i'm okay with you hanging out with someone that we're hooking up with or spending time with when i'm not there but i think i talked about this on a previous episode oh we were talking about this with kat on her show for me it's understanding your brain and how it works. I'm not really able to separate things. I'm like, you're a person we're fucking, this is what we're doing with you. (laughs) Um, this is super fun. Let's keep doing that. Yeah. But you have that and you could go get a beer with someone and not really think twice about it and talk about CrossFit and do all these things and then go on your merry way. Yeah. Like you have that ability and it's really natural for you. And that's not something that I am able to do at this point. Um, and so that's a huge learning piece for me. And I also, we've had some really amazing conversations even this weekend when we were in Austin about like, I'm in this, I'm not leaving. I choose you. It's not about like finding someone better. It's never about that. And oftentimes it really is not about the sex. It's not that you and I don't have good sex. So we need to like bring someone in to fix it. It's not about any of those things. It's about having these experiences together. And I think for both of us being able to you know, excuse me for my spirituality, but like be fully expressed and be like truly embodied in the experience where we both feel like we're getting what we need. Um, and not making the other person our everything and, and bringing in cool people to have cool experiences with like period. Yeah. Who are also respectful of our relationship. Yeah. And And that's what we attract. It's, it's also different because like for me anyways, like single me is a much different like version of me. You know what I mean? And not that I like need that anymore, but it's also something I get to tap into and that's fun. Like there's like this, like it's kind of, it's not, I'm not obviously not, but it's like, 
it's kind of in the middle somewhere mm-hmm. where I get to then like our sex is just so much better. I get to like bring that. It's like, I need to like tap into it and like, you know, tap into the well a little bit and be mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, like that's there. And then like, I could bring it back, but it's yeah. like hard when you're like, we're together all the time. We both work from home. Like all these things you kind of have to find in our situation. You have to find a way to like, like hotwire it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important. It's important to just acknowledge that because yeah. like knowing that like in relationships, like you got upset because I talked about one of my exes and we first, the first time we, we had like waited to have sex for a little while. We had sex like seven times in a day. Right? And you're like, that's rude. But then I think like you and I have had a much more sustainable sexual, sexual relationship over the, over the duration. So we, in the whole, yeah, we, in the beginning it was super fiery, but like right. I didn't have that understanding about myself that I needed to be able to tap into that, to bring that back into my relationship. Right. And I didn't have the space for it. So what that's done with us is give a situation where I can like recharge those like novelty batteries and bring it back into our relationship and just be like, and we just have a better, we have a more fun time because it's like, I need to like feel that version of myself again. And then just, it, it, but it always comes back here. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's just, it, and that's one thing about just again, excuse my spirituality, but like the abundance piece, right? It's like love's a complicated and very like nuanced thing. You can feel a lot of different things for a lot of different people. They don't usually necessarily, necessarily take away from one another. Um, and it's like it, it's not like it's not a zero sum game. It just isn't. Right. Attraction isn't a zero sum game because you think you know Idris Elba is hot. Does it make me mm. like less mm. hot? You know what I'm saying? Watch out if I ever meet him. I, we've, we've had this conversation numerous times. Um, <laughs> every time we see him on TV. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just so I think we got to keep that in mind. You yeah. know, like it is. It's just it's kind of always. And I'm not like that's what I said to you. I'm like I'm not. This isn't like a going anywhere like I don't don't have any like desire I'm like we have a pretty sweet gig here yeah well and I think too like even so this girl that we're we're going out with her tomorrow and I've never met her I saw one picture of her I basically don't know anything about her um never talked or nothing and um Connor and I were talking and like he's very aware of things that make me uncomfortable and trigger me and you've been so thoughtful about that when when going out and like exploring who we're going to hook up with, um, or spend time with, because you obviously don't want to upset me. That's not the whole point of this. Yeah. And like to make me insecure on purpose. Um, unless that was your kink, then I would be able to do that. Yeah. I could tap, I could tap into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even with this person, you know, she's super into CrossFit, she lifts all these things. And we were talking about what, like, would that make me uncomfortable if, if you worked out with her, if you guys were talking about this stuff. And if you talked to me six months ago, a year ago, I would have, I would have vetoed that so fast because I didn't want you to do anything with anyone basically ever. I felt threatened by all of it. I'm like, Oh no, she's going to lift better than me, or she's going to do this, or they're going to laugh together. And like my whole world's going to fall apart. And now I'm just like, I'm at a point where I feel, I feel your commitment. We've talked about this so many times. I feel like we're at a place where that, and talk to me tomorrow, maybe it does upset me, but right now in this moment, I feel like I can confidently say that's not something that would upset me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the fact that I know you've been talking to her on a daily basis for however long now, a week or two and like a week. Okay. About, I don't know what, cause I don't see the messages and you tell me some things, but I kind of just leave it alone. It doesn't bother me. I'm like, okay. And that feels really nice to get to a place where I truly do trust you implicitly. And I know you, I know you have our relationship as your number one priority at all times. Yeah. And the, re- the talking thing too is interesting because I know that, that used to be a problem, but now it's like, it's just nice to know that you like have a rapport with someone before yeah. you meet. And it was just a situation where we had to wait kind of like 10 days before yeah. we could go out. So you just not like, okay, we'll see you in 10 days and just like, don't talk to somebody again. Right. 
especially when you're talking about like workouts and I've been like back in the gym a lot, which has been nice. And so I've been kind of like rejuvenating that part of the thing. And you and I work out together quite a bit. So mm-hmm. that's really fun. Um, but yeah, I totally, I get it, but also, yeah, you got a, it's a fine line between like, and also a little bit of like scheming and like, you know, yeah, which it's is fun. what I want you to do because I don't yeah. like all of that stuff. Yeah. It's just not fun for me. Yeah, it stresses I know it's a, me out. I know it's a juxtap- juxtaposition because you're like, it's also, you have to like grapple with that. Yeah, I'm it. insecure and I also want nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm like, well, some, something's got to happen here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a trip for sure. Yeah. But it's been better. I think that's better because then when you, then you, by that point, by the point of us meeting this person, we're all real people. Right. Right. Versus what you're talking about where you're not, you've met this person on, you know, Bumble two days ago. Like they have no, they don't owe you anything. Yeah. And I trust, I also trust that you're advocating for our relationship and for me and you know what I'm, what I like and what I'm into and what I don't. And if you felt like this is just, isn't a match for us, then that would be it. And you could be friends with this person and we call it a day. Which happens. Yeah. Which not even be friends. I'll be like, yeah, it's just not really. Totally. Whatever. And I think like beneficial to our relationship then it's not really. Then it doesn't on Bumble and it's not like beneficial to the relationship. That's not really going to be. Except yeah. for whoever that person, whatever the name was, we just made up Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah. We can be homies. You guys can be homies. Um, well, cool. But that's, that's more rare than normal. Yeah. It's an outlier situation. Mm-hmm. I step on your toe. Well, bet you've been doing it all day, but it's fine. Ow. Ow. Also, the heater's not working. I'm freezing right now. My toes well, are we're, they, we're wrapping cold. this bitch up right now. We are. That was really fun. Was it fun? Yeah. I like talking things out with you. Hey, one, on one more quick random thing before we get out of here. Yeah. My Elmo puppet's going to be here tomorrow. Oh my God. Can I do the, can I do the podcast as Elmo one day? <laughs> can Elmo make an appearance? Can make an appearance. But that's <laughs> it. Ow, can you stop with your foot? I didn't move your foot. Put your fucking shoes on. What are you doing? Whatever. I love you. I love you too. Elmo for brief periods. Elmo. That's it. I have to work on my Elmo voice, but you I got to try it. right now. No, I don't want to do it right now. Okay. I'm not ready to. What unleash. a tease. You but guys didn't know I had a kink for this. For oh, What? That's weird, dude. Don't, yeah. I need to work on Elmo and I got to work on Oscar the Grouch. That should be easy. He's for my you. favorite. He's my favorite uh, Sesame Street character. You didn't even notice. And that Animal. Just... Oscar the Grouch and Animal, which are very similar to each other. God. What does Animal say whenever he like freaks out? I don't know, babe. Um. What does he say? We need to watch the the Muppets movies. I'm into it. Okay. Well, that was fun. <laughs> nice Connor will just keep doing this for the next two hours if we let him. So I'm going to cut you off movie. now. I want to find out what Animal says. He's in, he's in anger management. Okay. Bye.